You're listening to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions, and I'm your host, Michelle Dawes-Burke. Fasten your seatbelts as it's sure to be an informative discussion and conversation. Keep in mind that we are not perfect, but we're empowered. Enjoy. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I'm your host, Michelle Dosberg. And as always, I'm super excited to be here with you. I know I left you last week with a replay. Just had some things going on that I needed to take care of. I've missed you, but I'm back. I am back today and we are live and in color. We're here based in Atlanta, Georgia, and it is cold. Um, we're wearing scarves. Some Uggs, boots, you know, coats. It is cold here. Um, just a couple of days ago, a week and a half ago, 77 degrees. It was really beautiful, but now it's cold. And it, it's still beautiful days. Don't get me wrong. Sun is shining and everything, but it is cold. People are wearing sweaters and hats and carrying on. I just think it's going to be a cold winter for everyone. So just fasten your seatbelts. I wouldn't be surprised if we get some snow in the A, but... Listen, and, you know, despite the weather, we are still in a political state, right? There's this whole runoff that's going on. Early voting is going to start happening tomorrow. Um, you know, the election is going to be December 6th, I believe. So if you get an opportunity to do the early voting, take advantage of that if you can. Very interesting um, that this is a runoff. I'm not going to get into the political space for today. But you are, listen, you guys that are based here in Atlanta already know what it is and you know what you need to do. So go out there and vote, right? So we can really kind of tie this up on a good and proper note, if you will. Enough of that. For the new people that are listening and checking me out, thank you so much. First and foremost, let me just uh, give you a little background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about. We're all about creatively collaborating to connect, raise awareness regarding issues that impact women by way of community service engagement public speaking, mentoring, workshops, and the arts. And this, ladies and gentlemen, we've been doing this now. This is our seventh season and just it's just been a wonderful ride. And I've had the blessed opportunity to talk to some very insightful, informative, entertaining, talented people. And today is no different. <laughs> Today is no different. I got my guest today, Julius Spates. He is known as the Mad Thinker. Hi, Julius. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. Super excited to see you. That's always a nice face to see. How have you been? How have you been? Uh, I've been doing well. I've been doing well. Uh, busy summer. Got my hands full. Uh-huh. Um, lots of projects. Uh, but I'm feeling good and healthy and uh, around a lot of people who are doing uh, great things. Awesome. Awesome. So you, you are in Chicago at the moment, correct? Nice and chilly Cor- up there, isn't it, Julius? Yeah, yeah. I, I decided to keep it tropical, you know, <laughs> right here. Since the weather's not doing it for me, I figure at least I can have my spirit do them. Maybe yes. I'll, I can... Uh, you know, have some type of impact. Yes, man. You're channeling warmth, right? You're channeling warmth. I know. I know. Good for you. Let's jump right into it, Julius. Where are you from? I'm originally from Elgin, Illinois, which is about 45 minutes um, west of Chicago. Okay. Okay. All right. What was the neighborhood like for you there? Did you grow up in Elgin or did you move to Chicago eventually? I grew up in Elgin. Um, I grew up in a very multi- cultural neighborhood like my neighbor was one neighbor was indian another one was japanese the other one was from poland um 
And then we have like a couple Caucasian families, a Mexican family. And then, and I split my time when I was a kid. So that was my neighborhood. And then my cousins on my mom's side lived in an all Mexican Puerto Rican neighborhood. And my cousins on my dad's side lived in a black neighborhood. So I was just making the, the rounds when wow. I was a kid. Wow. Wow. What kind of music did you listen to, Julius? What was on your playlist back then? Oh, gosh. Well, um, first of all, I'd have to let you know that my mom had, my mom and dad had one of these, one of those huge wooden stereos with the disco lights, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that go in the felt, right? <laughs> and, and then the, and then the, the, the turntable. And then, so every Saturday was kind of like a cleaning Saturday. Yes. And it would just be uh, pretty much like R&B, like, mm. uh, you know, like R&B and disco, I would just say okay. that, right? But, uh, you know, of course, I was a Michael Jackson and Prince fan. And then that was when I was like a, a, a little kid. And then when I got to like teen high school, then I was introduced to like Led Zeppelin, Metallica. Nice. So I had, you know, I had a pretty well-rounded uh, introduction and I was in marching band. So, yeah, I had a, I was a baseball player, a skateboarder. And a person in marching band. Wow. So I had a super diverse yeah. music and friend group. Yeah, yeah. Sounds pretty good. In the marching band, did you play an instrument or? Yes. Uh-huh. I played the cornet. Nice. Yeah. So I, unfortunately, I wish I would have paid attention more when I was, uh, you know, playing band. Yeah. Through, I, it was one of those things where my mom kind of made me do it, right? Yeah. First, I started with guitar, which I really wish I would have stuck with. <laughs> But I didn't do that, but she got me to stick in band because it was in the school program. And then, um, you know, I, I did it I did it primarily because there was going yeah. to be a problem if I didn't do right, it. Right, right, right. However, I can say this, though. Um, now, producing music, what happens often is I go back to um, times when we were in sectionals and band, when mm -hmm. we were and and just – trying to understand what role each instrument played. So I go back to, you know, back when I was in band, I'd be like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. The flute section, they had this role, or yeah. the drum section had this role. Yeah. So even though I wasn't quite there as much as I, you know, wanted to be like, uh, uh, I guess, psychologically, yeah. um, but man, I go back to it now, and I'm so happy that I played an instrument yeah. that my mom made me Yeah, thanks. Sure. Kudos to mom, right? Making us do the things we didn't really want to do, but it helped us, right? And I think, Julius, because your musical footprint was already interesting anyway, just made sense that you just can add being a musician to that. And now producing, you can just tap into it. Like you said, it, it kind of comes back to you, but... I'm sure you're going to have an opportunity to do even more and consider yourself a musician. Yeah, actually, forward. actually, um, interesting. My actual DJ style I've realized over the years, because with the trumpet, you know, you're it's it's a lot of this. Yeah. And so when I'm mixing, I'm I'm doing a lot of this, and I realize like if if there's like a vocal, for instance, I'll use the EQ many times as the exact same as you would do it when you're. With a trumpet. Right, right. So um, you, you were just playing that. Da, na, da, na, yeah. na. So it'd be like. Da, na, da, na, da, da. Yeah, you know, it, it's yeah. so weird. I, yeah. I didn't realize it, but it was like some years that went by and I was like, oh, my God, this is like playing the trumpet. And so I, I like kind of a, adapted it. Right. And not even knowing. So, yeah. yes, 
Awesome. Go band, go band. Awesome, go band. I want to talk <laughs> about how did you start DJing? When did that happen for you? What, what was your first experience? So being from the suburbs, um, basically one day, I felt that there was at least 500 people in my city that were as bored as I was. So therefore, I uh, <laughs> so I bet my cousin that I could get 500 people to go to a party at my house. So it, it wasn't like about 500 people. It was about, I could, I, there had to be at least, it's like the town was 64,000. There had to be at least 500 people who were bored like me. So the only way that I was able to do the party was under two conditions for my mom. Okay. Number one, that I had to write a business plan. Mm. And number two, uh, if I were to make any money, I had to give my sister spending money to go to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico for her senior trip. Wow. So my, uh, my, that business plan, my mom didn't think I was going to write. That was kind of the thing that she was just like, I don't want to let this kid throw this party. I don't know what I'll do. I'll tell him to write a business plan because I know he's not going to write no business plan. So I wrote the business plan, got super detailed um, with it. And my mom told me years later, she's like, damn, I got to let this kid throw this party, right? So she let me do the party. Um, I was able to get 600 people to party. I was Ooh. able to give my sister $500 to go to Puerto Vallarta. My sister eventually goes to Puerto Vallarta, has the time of her life, comes back, decides she wants to travel the world. So she gets really persistent and basically uh, convinces the company that set up her trip to hire her on as the youngest student organizer mm. in that company's history at the time. Right. So um, I keep throwing party, of course, and yeah. along the way, I start to disagree with the order of songs as uh, our DJ. Mm -hmm. So I start to try it and try it and try it. And lo and behold, summer of 1994, I was able to successfully sync the beats. The song was this techno house song called yeah. Energy Flash. Yeah. And I'll never forget like the feelings. It's like, I got it. I got it. I got it. That feeling. Oh, still to this day is the absolute greatest feeling wow. that I've ever felt in my life. Wow. 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 Let me ask you about the business plan. Was it, uh, what was the business plan about or for? If you know. So primarily uh, what I remember of the business plan was <laughs> it ended up being a complete design, flow, parking, security, and then uh, where each portion of the event would take place. So we had a deck. So there was a dance floor where I was going to hook the, all the DJ equipment up or have the DJs put all that equipment, which is on the inside of the deck just in case it rained. Mm. And then we also had a pool. So there was like pool and then we had a half acre lot. So I knew where that was. But mainly it was about like where was everybody going to park and who was going to be security. Man, so it, it seems like that business plan helped you out for future things that you do today. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I don't I. I, you know what I've learned over all these years is that I am possibility driven, right? Okay. So if I'm inspired about a possibility, um, I'm willing to play whatever role that it takes in order to, you know, to bring it into fruition. Um, and I'm often my ideas, be it songs or um, whatever I'm involved in, it's it's this thing that um, it's just like the first party. It was like. Man, I know, I know I'm not crazy, but 
it just seems like there's got to be at least 500 people that are bored like me, right? <laughs> or with Mikasa Holiday, it's just like, hmm, I know I'm not crazy, but it seems like people would love to hear house music in paradise too, right? Right. right. So it, it, it's and, – and I've learned that that's been kind of that, that reoccurring – question that I have myself mm-hmm. in pursuit of something. Mm-hmm. And then generally it's like, there's the idea I've seen it. And now it's like, okay, how do you put this together? And many times over the years, I've realized that um, my taste for what I want mm-hmm. is far superior than the literal talent that I have trying to do. So I know I can't do it alone. Right. So it'll be like, okay, who do I know? And then I generally look for the most passionate, yeah. gifted people in uh, in a specific area, and then we just work it from there. And I usually am pretty good at like um, maybe like looking at like the like what the vision would be, right? right? And, right. And, and and painting that picture. Yeah, you're truly a visionary, Julius. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. How did Mikasa start, though? I mean, when or really when did it start? Like this is a we're 2023 is the 15th year. Yeah, 15 seasons, 15 seasons. Yep. So going back, um, so the part that I didn't I didn't say. So um, my sister goes. Tim Mexico has a time of life, comes back, commences that company. So my sister essentially goes 20 plus years of travel and hospitality. Wow. And me, after I keep throwing parties and DJing in 94, I keep throwing parties. And then in 99, um, I get together with some friends and they uh, want to create this kind of um, uh, friends network. And it was called Three Degrees. And the concept was everyone knows everyone within three people. So mm-hmm. it was a mm-hmm. free party. And uh, week free weekly party, and got a chance to understand how people kind of distinguish common po- common uh, positive commonalities from each other. But that kind of laid the groundwork um, for Mikasa Holiday because it started in '99. A year and a half later, there was ten thousand friends of friends all over, right? From just friends of friends. Right. And then in 2009, my sister um, throughout the so let me go back a little bit. 9-11. After 9-11, uh, what I learned is that everyone reprioritized yeah. their lives, right? right? So, and and disposable income disappeared. Mm-hmm. The uh, technology was racing mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. And in the entertainment, uh, in entertainment, what happened was um, promoters, clubs, they were all choosing the same artists over and over and over again. Yeah. So there was no room for the just skilled DJ, right? You had to figure something out. So all that started to kind of create this frustration. Meanwhile, my sister had been in travel and hospitality asking, hey, let's, um, you know, maybe your fans will follow you or maybe they'll go. And I'm just like, well, I'm not fish. So I don't know if my fans are going to be following me around the world. Right. right, right. However, so then we step that led to us looking at different destinations. And once we start looking at just different destinations, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, um, in that period of time, I was also touring and I ran into a guy named Nicodemus. Um, and actually before running Nicodemus, Justin, uh, uh, Aquabeat, Deep Just, um, Adam Gibbons, this guy Brent Crampton, a bunch of us were already traveling, decided we were just going to start traveling to see each other anyway. Then I meet Nicodemus 
And the conversations that I were having, I was having with my sister about where to go. I end up meeting Nicodemus and tell him what we we're planning to do. And he's like, oh, that's so amazing because I was taking people to Puerto Rico, but the crew is kind of like, ah, oh, maybe you don't want to go to Puerto Rico. He's like, I think this will be welcome news. Yeah. And on top of that, he mentioned Plato Carmen, Mexico, which was an hour south of, uh, or two hour, yeah, hour south of Cancun. Mm-hmm. And my sister, when she started, they went from Puerto Vallarta. And when she got hired by the company, they went to Cancun. Mm-hmm. So by the time my sister and I, in 2009, took both concepts of travel and hospitality and event production and put that together, we were set up to have essentially 25 years of travel and hospitality mm-hmm. with a solid company behind us. So we could offer our guests from, you know, condos and hostels to six-star all-inclusive resorts, nice, right? Nice. So it kind of, the the entire story like manufactured itself. Mm. And in 2009 just was that period. And, and it, there was there was a slight point that where we were not going to do it because the relationships, be, the relationship between Mexico and the USA were, we're at odds as yeah. it often is. Right, right. And so, but we decided to do it. And that one weekend uh, in Plato Carmen was described as very magical. Mm. And that weekend evolved into a travel and music community and where we now produce in Costa Rica, Cuba, U.S., Mexico, and other cities around man, the world. Man, how do you come up with the locations, Julius? How do you determine that? Generally, what happens is, well, first of all, I've already traveled, right? right. Been, been touring uh, internationally since 2006. Mm-hmm. So um, I had already been there. But what happened as we started in Playa, then people from other countries would come mm-hmm. and they say, hey, you know what? You should do a Mikasa holiday in so-and-so country. Yeah. And that's what happened with Costa Rica. So um, went to Costa Rica, started doing there. And then same thing. We had a travel show. And just so happened when we were talking to someone from Cuba, my sister was, mm-hmm. uh, one of the Mikasa holidays, walk up in the middle of the conversation at that travel show and just start talking about what their experience was of, of Mexico. Yeah. And the person was super, the tour uh, a partner in, uh, that was like asked us about or talking about Cuba was like, whoa, you have this type of experience, people coming up about, you know, it was just so, just happened to be there for that. So that's what happens. And now, you know, we send out surveys and stuff like that. Yeah. But what we realized around, along the way is that we can't produce all the cities. It's, it's ex, it is an extreme amount of work per destination. Yeah. So over the years, our vision has like evolved. Mm-hmm. And it's not about having everybody have to just go to Mexico. Our vision is becoming the ultimate resource so that for uh, travel and music, especially houses, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we can connect you to the music scene anywhere in the world. That is, that's the vision. Nice, nice, nice. And when we say the music scene, is, is it just house music for those that don't know, or is it whatever? So it's what, so it started, it starts with house music. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful part about house music, from my experience of traveling even other countries, House music artists are in the middle of every other genre Correct. in that city. So you literally can go to a house head, like someone who's in the scene, mm-hmm. ask them about blues, jazz, rock, folk, 
mm-hmm. country, whatever, mm-hmm. and they know everybody who's in the scene because yeah. house music is so open to all of it. Yeah. It it I didn't know I didn't know how it was going to transpire, but that's how it transpired actually on the ground as we started traveling. So our nucleus is house music, and the reason house music is so important is because many times um, the way we curate destinations is house music is the soundtrack and the beautiful part about the soundtrack is that the focus isn't necessarily the music first it just is like that background that makes you feel so comfortable and then you'll get inside of a an actual like an event or whatnot with house heads and you'll you'll hear your sounds but for people who never have traveled house music is perfect because it's like being in a hotel in a W hotel. I was talking to, you know, and then all of a sudden you're you're in. The, you've never heard the song, but you're bopping your head like this, right? <laughs> That's the experience of most people who who even people who like they'll be like, oh, I don't like house music, and then they go and they'll be like, you know, how do I find more of this music, right? <laughs> <laughs> When's the next event? When's the next party? That's what they'll say. Exactly, they and we all that. know what happens when someone's introduced to the music scene, yes. right? Especially if you've been cooped up and it's like, I, I need more now. now you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's a fiend. You become a fiend. So Julius, let me ask, every year for the past, this is the 14th season, like we said, 2023 represents number 15. So congratulations to you on that. Thank you. How? Um, what was the decision to end or do the big Mikasa Every October in Mexico. Tell us a little bit of how how that came about. So it all. So if you go back and, and this is why it all connects. Remember, my sister went to Puerto Vallarta. Mm-hmm. Then she goes to Cancun. I meet Nico. He's mm-hmm. already in Playa. And when I meet him and he's in Playa, he tells me, "Hey, I also connect you to the president of the clubbing district in Playa del Carmen." Mm. So by this time, um, I had a. I had a pretty clear understanding of how to make sure that give the, give our, ourselves the the highest probable chance to make sure everybody had a great time. And in coming up in club culture, I was always someone who was trying to push the envelope, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so earlier on, was, there was like people who uh, promoters would always tell me you couldn't have a house house music party like what you guys play in the bigger club because people wouldn't come. And, and they, and they'd say, they'd say it was the house music. And I was just like, wait a minute. Okay. Let's take the music aside. If Michael Jackson came to your club, he could, you know, he could fill it up and he's not playing house music. Mm -hmm. So it's not about the house music. The Mm -hmm. whole thing is, it was about, can you bring people? Right. So once I understood that, in all the clubs, there's certain people just want to be entertained. Right. And then there's the portion of your crowd. And then the question is, can you bring a big enough of that crowd to impact the rest of the crowd so that they have a good time for whatever they were going to expect? So I'd already learned this through uh, ebbs and flows over the years. Mm-hmm. So by the time when I got to Mexico, I already knew that even if we brought, you know, 30, 40 people or whatever the case, 20 people, I mean, Eight, ten people in a club can change the dynamic of a club <laughs> if they have the right culture and the education. And if we can choose the artist, it's almost not fair in that yeah. way, right? So <laughs> I knew we had a great chance, right? <laughs> I knew we had a great chance. So that's what we did. Yeah. Everything pointed to Plato, Carmen. My sister and I uh, brought those together. 
And what was very important was we were, I was coming off of like, you know, 14, 15 years straight of going to the winter music, uh, the winter music conference right. in Miami. Right. And being, you know, someone who's constantly thinking and breaking things apart. Um, I realized the issue with the winter music conference was that the central hotel where they would invite everyone started to become less and less relevant. And I believe that um, the connection between the talent that they were bringing and the promoter and where the music was going and everyone in house music that was relevant at that time, there was a disconnect. Mm. And so the big uh, the, the thing that was so exciting when you go to the early years of the music conference is you'd have to get a badge and go to that central yeah. place yeah. and meet everyone yeah. first, right? Before and you party. see the you see yeah. the you know the Louis Vegas, the Roger right. Sanchez's, right. the uh, Terry Farley's, yeah. to Dimitri Paris, whomever, everybody, you know Terry Hunters, uh, Frankie Knuckles, everybody, everybody, and you just go wow, right? <laughs> as soon as that that appeal wasn't there, then there was not that reason to, you know, to have to go there. Mm -hmm. Therefore, then it started getting fragmented. And once it got fragmented, then it became kind of party central. Mm -hmm. Then when it became party central from a user or, a, 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 you know, a, or a househead experience, it went from, oh, my God, there's so many party to, you know, I'm, not, I'm, go I'm picking one party and I'm going to that party and that's it. Right. Right. So and then, of course, you know, if you're traveling with one or two people, it's fine. But once you get six, seven or whatever the case, and it's like you got to wait for somebody and everybody doesn't have the same tolerance. So there was all these things adding up and realizing like the dynamic of people. So when we moved to Mexico, what we wanted to do is give the adventure that Miami would give. So going to different venues was fun. Yes. It was just Choosing which space to go and dividing friends up, that's not fun. That's so not what, cool. <laughs> right. So what we did was we um, we made it so that there were no conflicting events. And we would take the travel group together, but then we would change the location yes. so you still get the adventure, right? <laughs> yeah. So it, it was like really taking apart everything that I'd been to, all the conferences, events, yeah. and all that stuff, put it together, nice. and then crafting – um, a, an event design, curating it, and then as opposed to thinking of every party that we should do, because I knew other artists um, and promoters were dealing with the same thing, which was how do I keep what I'm doing relevant with a growing audience, right, in my market? Mm -hmm. And what we realized um, from doing Three Degrees for – every Wednesday from 99 to 2007 and then every month from 2000 to 2007 in San Francisco, New York. And what I learned was that people, people, they, they change their priorities change. Right. So it's like two plus two is four. Right. So the question was, and the challenge was, you know, it's like, what if, um, in a certain market you could then offer those, guests and uh, part of your community that where it's no longer in their priority uh, to go weekly, but a, a yearly vacation, 
you could give them enough time to plan. And what if they didn't have to miss a beat? Right. Because part of your priority is changing. What happens is you want to kind of go out, mm-hmm. but then it's like, where should I go? And the question is, what's going to be, can you get the good venue that works with your style now that your priorities have changed mm-hmm. with a good music and a good crowd? Right. All three are very, very difficult, even for someone who's in the scene and mm-hmm. looking, right? Right. So someone who's not, it's almost impossible, right? So here's something that we could curate automatically, you know, and, and have that part, you know, taken care of. Yes. So that means if this is happening to us in Chicago and all my friends where I play would be Boston, LA, Atlanta, and you, it was happening to everybody. everybody. So now at the same time, it's you're 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 solving a local problem. Mm-hmm. And then you're also boosting your brand and you know, boosting more like a value into your brand because yeah. now you have an international something that you can yes. be involved in. Yeah. So yeah, it was like thinking on a, several different ways. Yeah. And then the best part about it was that Miami was so damn expensive and Mexico was like a quarter of the cost for even way better yes. uh, accommodations. Yes. So yes. people got to Mexico and they were just like, what? I yeah. love Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it's winning on so many different levels, Julius. And again, hats off to you because when I've gone, it was beautiful. I thought the, the places we partied, my mouth was just open because it was just so beautiful. And then when we go to paradise, that's just... <laughs> That is yeah. just gorgeous. And, you know, and I used to go to WMC and I, I totally understand it. And now, you know, Miami is very pricey. It's like somebody exposed how beautiful Miami was, right? Miami Beach. And mm-hmm. at a time it wasn't as expensive. And then a lot of non-househead type of genres of music started coming there from hip hop to, you know, MTV awards and all kinds of stuff and spring breakers and everything. And so it's like Miami said, well, we got something hot here. And so things just started to change economically. And even the vibe feels different for me when you go down there. So I totally understand it. And, And another thing about what you offer, right? Because you create a safe space, Julius, right? And mm-hmm. and oftentimes there is a usually a higher percentage of women that will travel than men, right? Yeah. Just keeping mm-hmm. it real. And the fact that single people will go, but return back with a whole community of friends is beautiful. Because a lot of people are like, I'm a house head. I want to go somewhere. My other friends can't really go. I'm going to go. And by the time they get on the bus or get to the first party, they've met some people in their city, different city. I mean, I've met people from Europe to your point. Like, and they're like, we do this every year. This is our, (laughs) this is our vacation. This is our time to vacation. So it's awesome. And it creates community. So your community expands and we take that with us back into Atlanta. Like you say, Boston, Jersey, across the water. It's just a beautiful feeling and no one looks bad down there, right? Everybody yeah. looks yeah, yeah, <laughs> amazingly exactly. well. That yes. sun kisses us and we are just, we're gorgeous. We yeah. are gorgeous. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. Well, yes. I, I, yeah, everything, it was, it's by design. 
Um, a lot of have like with some of my best girlfriends. It's all designed for a single woman to be able to go by yes, herself, right? Yes. So, because if you can make that work, everything else will work, yes. right? And it, and I know because we I was I always get the the, the emails every I'm by myself this year yeah. or I really want to go so I don't you know and yeah. I understand that and, and I just always tell um, people who travel by themselves like just know that you may be getting on the plane alone but you're not coming alone no. you know you, we're going to be here we have support for yeah. you and uh, make sure that you're in a, a place and then even the way we choose the venues. It's it. We make it so that you have to keep passing each other, yeah. right? The probability of everyone passing each other. So then, once you start to pass each other, or even at the the airport, once you even get on the bus or get on a, a van or whatever yeah, the case, right? So it's just like you're looking at the person next to you, like, yeah, right, like, right, 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 right. Oh, you're here, and then, <laughs> and then it's the name game. Where are you from? Yeah. Oh, I'm from Atlanta. Oh, my friend lives in Atlanta. Oh, my friend. Who's your friend? Ramon. It is a thing. And, and, you know, the first time that I went, I, I did have a friend, someone that was just really concerned about going by herself because her roommate had backed out and Mm -hmm. we talked her into going. And now she goes every year and she slid in my DM to let me know that 2023 was already on the calendar. And I was like, look how beautiful that is. She's been going like th- this is probably your eighth or ninth year. <laughs> She's that's, been going ever since. And so that's, it's a great thing. Congrats. That's, ama- that's amazing. Um, because you know what? On the production side, I realized three years into it mm-hmm. that it went from, hell, I wonder if we can get people to come to Mexico to, oh, man, this is so cool. And there's a whole nother artist and DJ aspect of it that right. exists because it's a, it's the third tier down, but it's like that there's a platform for that artist who's not just uh, that producer, you know what I'm saying, or mm-hmm. just that promoter. Mm-hmm. So there's a tier of every artist. It is a complicated system of how we pick artists and stuff like that. But right. um, that whole that whole thing is it's. I realized that in year three, it went from that to someone saying for the first time that this changed my life mm. and then we became responsible for that happening yeah year after year after year after year after year yeah. and that was that's something that you that you don't really you don't know how to really prepare for because mm-hmm. it's something that you mm-hmm. <laughs> you you think that after all the parties and all the situations it would come but you just it's just not in your in your purview mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so um you know I, so I, I'm always happy to hear that um it does it does it just reinforces like you know you, you you're kind of responsible to keep it going because yeah. now you have like especially these days with all these things that are going on in the yeah. world like oh man it's, it, it's i mean I, at the end of it, it's when you just people are coming up and they're just hugging you and crying and crying yes. and they can't get the words out yes and you know you let everyone have their moment and it's always different for everyone and and for me, it's like, I, I, even after all these years, I don't like, I, I just, I just let people have their moments, but I have no idea how and why it's touched yeah. someone in, in, in the ways that it's touched. Yeah. I just was coached by one of my mentors to always make sure 
to just let people have their moment. Yeah. Even if it becomes uncomfortable for you, yeah. let people have your mo- their moment and, 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 and things will work out. You, that's what, you know that's what, what Julius, I'm glad you said that. Cause we had that when I first went down there and I said, well, why isn't this here? And how come there isn't any more of this and this and that? And I really didn't know who you were. I thought you were like a manager. <laughs> I didn't realize you were the person that curated this thing. And you stopped and you really listened to me and took action. And I had the best time. And to support what you're saying, I saw people crying like, I don't want to leave or this was the best. And I know you hear this a lot. This was just what I needed. Right. (laughs) So the fact that you curate something right and going into the 15th year is nothing to sneeze at because it is a life changing event, even though it's 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 embodied with music. It allows us to touch the human soul. You allow us to touch one another, regardless of gender, regardless of culture, regardless of race, even regardless of the music we were raised up on. Right. We don't even care. We get down to paradise. If it's Spinner, if it anybody in that booth playing, if it's Nicodemus, we don't care. Anybody playing, we're gonna love it. It's like a yeah. revival. We're our feet is in the beautiful water and the sand. Everybody's looking great. Drinks in the hand. It's wonderful. And people go back change because I think it's a reset. And the timing of it, Julius, is amazing because I know you start early in the year. Costa Rica, a couple of years you did Chicago. I see you, maybe a boat ride in New York. Okay, he's all over. Maybe starting like March, April or something like that. And the fact that you ended in October every year is a little risky from a weather perspective. But <laughs> oh it's, my God, yeah. you know what I mean? Because it's like, it could be hurricane season or things going on. But the fact that the weather is so magnificent at that time of year makes it a hit. And then people go into the winter weather, the fall or whatever, like, you know what? That Mikasa did me right. And it'll hold me until spring, (laughs) until we can come out and play again. So it's wonderful. Yeah. And it's funny because that's like the, um, that's like the hope that like, you know, man, and, 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 and it's just amazing to hear people say year after year is like, okay, I get this in and I'm good. Yeah. This will last me to this long. Yep. I'm like, okay, perfect. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. I want to ask you, where'd you get the mad thinker name from? So in 1997, um, 97 and 98, I was a creative kind of director and yeah, quasi producer mm-hmm. more creative director with my friend dj immaculate yeah. and we managed this group called the rec center in um there are 10 mcs uh eric and i and they were out of belgium so we produced an album in 97 98 we're trying to figure out what's going to be the first music video so um everybody in the group described what they thought that the music video should be. Mm. And I was the very last person. So I laid out what I thought the music video should be. Um, And when I was finished laying it out, it was total silence. And then one of the artists was like, the mad thinker. (laughs) And it was right around the time 
when I was going to be choosing uh, a name for, I didn't play hip hop as a DJ, but I play house. But and I was going to be, I was going to be naming, you know, figuring out what my name was at that at that point. Yeah. I, I didn't figure it out at that point, and I was like, oh my god, it's so true. Is a hundred percent right? Just constantly analyzing uh, always. So it, it wasn't me that came up with it. Was this? It was an artist. His name was uh, Miles Bentley. Wow. Yeah, he's the one that he's the one that. Uh, <laughs> Push it over. The mad thinker. <laughs> no, it was not an easy name to come up with. Oh. It, it was like maybe there was like oh, maybe three people yeah. that were like, yeah. "Yeah, the mad thinker. That's dope." Yeah. Like my my cousin was like, "Man, I like that. That's dope. Man, it that's is dope." dope. Every everybody else was like, "Can you just be Julius?" Yeah. <laughs> you are the mad thinker. And listen, for you to do what you do for all these years, we have seen your your support system and one is your beautiful wife. Was it difficult for her to get on board or she was already like so yeah, supportive I, I, of who you were I, as a thinker? Oh man, this is this is and this is just the these are the hardest lessons to learn as coming up when you're producing. So yeah, before I even get to her, even with three degrees, I thought that, okay, it's been, you know, 10 years of three degrees. And I was a person who's always proactive, giving out, you know, hundreds, thousands of CDs, uh, letting people, we had a free party where we brought everybody from around the world to mm-hmm. free. These experiences translated uh, uh, you know, transform people's lives, uh, um, all this stuff. And then when we were doing Mexico, I'm thinking like, Hey, maybe this is going to work out perfect. I got a great base in Chicago and blah, blah, blah. You know, no, he said no, uh, no, <laughs> forget the CDs, all those great times, all that's gone. And no, it just didn't. So it just doesn't work like that. And so when I first described it to my wife, I'm like, so it's already in my head. Yeah. The basic premise is, you know, if you like house music, it's house music in paradise. It's right. kind of a no brainer. But for my wife, when I first started, I was like, honey, I'm like, so, you know, just think about this. This is going to be like Mexico mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and us being in Mexico, I have it. And she's just like, are you sure you want to go to Mexico? And I'm like, um, yeah, it's paradise, honey. I mean, this is going to be amazing, right? Yeah. So it took a second for her. I don't know if she thought in the beginning, like, we were going to go to, like, the most impoverished neighborhood, it, you know what I'm saying, and be, in, and, and be trying to have you know, right. DJ or whatever, Kate, right, watching right. her heads, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but for me, it was like, and I, so I had to say, no, honey. I said, so I was like, okay, okay, just imagine you're, I named, like, three or four of her friends, and you guys come to see me, and you have fun, right? And she's yeah. like, yeah. yeah. I said, now, instead of going to X Club, Let's take that out. And now imagine yourself on the beach with them. You can go swimming and hear the music. Do you think that you would have fun? And she's like, yeah, of course. That's what Mikasa, that, that, that's the vision. Yeah, yeah. And so it was hard to, if it was, thank goodness for New York. Because there's 8 million people in New York. Yeah. And if New Yorkers hear some word of a good thing, they'll be like, I'm about it, right? <laughs> and if it wasn't for New York, they just jumped on. Chicago is more like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Let me know how that is when you get back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like year after year after year after year. Yeah. And, and you know, and I thought it was so simple to grasp, but it was it was, it was a little bit complicated. Yeah. 
to figure out like how to articulate it. And then the, the Mikasa Sukasa, my sister came up with that part of it because mm. we grew up in a multicultural neighborhood yeah. and, and, and all of our Latin friends would be like, uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever you need, what, you know, like, are you hungry? Are you sure? Do you, you know, just hospitality. Yes. And then touring around the world, I'd never, ever heard anyone say, I'm not going on holiday. Right. Mm. So the holiday aspect was, is a reminder that you have to take time for yourself. Yeah. So Mikasa holiday and Mikasa Sukasa holiday. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it took a while to get people from uh, um, the U.S. to grasp that and then also use Mikasa holiday and not yeah. festival. Like, so, you know, my friends will laugh. They'll, they'll be like, oh, you're going to do Mikasa festival? I mean, holiday, you know, so the festival, holiday, for the event, holiday. And, and even our inner team, I had to be so committed to make sure people understood the concept of holiday. Yeah. Now, after all these years, it's beautiful because people actually know what it is. But exactly. man, it took a long time yeah. for, for, for people to grasp, you know. Shifting minds, shifting minds. And you know, the U.S., we just move differently, Julius, you know. Yeah. We work all the time. Um, we feel we, we're guilty if we take time off sometimes, then we feel bad if, if, if a certain crew or audience can't go with us, right. We gotta, yeah. then we gotta venture on our own, you know? So it's, there's so many different variables that kind of stop us. But I think as we get older, right. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're like, man, F that I'm doing it. Like I'm out, I'm gone. And guess what? I'll bring you a t-shirt when I get back because, I got to have it, you know, and the thing, too, that helps not for nothing, Julius, that social media help, because when people are DJing and people are looking good, tongues are hanging out their mouth because they're like, that's going on where like what? Like the music is good and the people are great. I'm going there. Where is this? They go, where is this in the chat? And you tell them they're like, I'm going next year. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's definitely an eye-opening thing. Do you find, Julius, that some of the people are coming are a little younger, or do you have a certain age demographic that that hangs out with Mikasa Holiday? So that's another part of the design. Early on, um, we knew that we were getting a little bit older, mm-hmm. and part of the feedback that I received um, for even attempting to, to produce Mikasa Holiday was uh, people told me point blank, it'll never work because the audience that you're trying to get it's 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 too old and then and the younger people won't listen to the music mm. so i that was very hard for me to hear but i really listened intently right. and kind of broke down what they were trying to say and what i what i thought about was okay so um all right so there's an aging uh you know there's an aging uh, population so no problem the music's not the issue. Mm-hmm. It's and then so the question was, how do you get the youth? So what we did early on was we started um, dance workshops mm. because um, I remember back in the day when I was a kid watching like MTV and like a you know a day in rock or whatever those shows would be. And mm-hmm. I remember Madonna in, in specific, and she would always go to like really underserved uh, neighborhoods, yeah. go work with dancers, come out with that style, bring those dancers. And they were the ones that were essentially uh, um, like creating the trend. Yes. So 
instead of changing the music to attract a younger crowd, it's like, why cut out the middle and just go direct to the dancers because they're the ones that are going to shape it up anyway. So we started with four people at a dance workshop and then that eventually just grew year after year. And then we connected it to another event that we do during, um, during the week called Expressite, which means express yourself and the community. So we connected the dance workshop with Expressite and that is the foundation of where the youth come from. Wow. So now it, it just mixes. We have the youngest of the young, oldest of the old. Mm. And so the way I talk about um, the, the, our aging population is in, in the community is um, these folks have been there, done that. They've seen everything that you could possibly give them. Because sometimes you, know, you talk to sponsors and brands and they're like, yeah, I have this venue or venue. Oh, I talk this venue. And, you know, we've put, I'm like, look, look, look. You're not going to be able to impress our people. They've been there since Paradise Garage, yeah. all the events all over the world, all the greatest things before right. you even thinking about. Right. Okay. Right. So what this is about is how are you going to treat people? Mm. What kind of service do you have? Right. So yeah. that's how I talk about our population as opposed to talking to age. I talk about the experience awesome. and what they bring. And I've gotten like the locals in whatever country excited about receiving our guests. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the, for the youngest, we just go directly to the dancers and fortunate to um, as a DJ to always connect with like dancers and those dancers who used to just be dancers became instructors and then they've been teaching all over the world. Nice. And so they educate and they keep that part of a life. So you get such a, a really diverse youth and culture experience. Nice. Because we've just built it that way. Nice. It's a blooming, beautiful flower. I'm going to ask you this, Julius, because you wear multiple hats. Tell me which one you like the most. Is it actually curating Mikasa Holiday every year? Is it DJing or is it producing? So, oh, that's a good question. Um, My favorite thing to do in life is DJ. Okay. Right? Like if we're at Thanksgiving. And there were turntables or turkey, I would go mix. It didn't matter if I ate last night, the night before, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, that's like, I'm just, even when I get to the party, I'm like heading right over to the DJ booth. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my favorite thing to do. Um, But who I am is a producer. Okay. Um, So I, again, I'm possibility driven. So it's, it's. And I connect people. So there, I get a lot of gratification in um, creating a space or an environment where people can feel like I've felt before, mm-hmm. right? Because I know it's possible. So I, I the, the work, it's a lot of work, right? Um, and uh, there's a, there's a pro to being a thinker and there's a con, right? Mm-hmm. The pro is I can think and break it all down. Yeah. Con is I can think it and break it all down. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it becomes, um, you know, I mean, whatever you put in, you get out. And so that's kind of what I have to go by mm-hmm. uh, after all these years. But, yeah, I enjoy uh, an, a part of all of it. And even, even over the pandemic, I took – um, that same curated experience and roll that into corporate. So we are, I got drafted into a, a consulting firm called Working Better Together. And yeah. it, we curate experiences for corporate clients 
so that they can their their uh, their employees can connect and engage, right? Nice. And we do it through a series of experiences. So oh. I've used the same uh, methodology from the very beginning in how to connect people. Oh. So that's kind of and then just producing producing that comes kind of natural. It comes pretty natural for me. Mm. I just know I have some ideas on what things, um, what, what are the ingredients to breaking down barriers so that people can be open enough to have a, a good time. Nice. Awesome. That's really dope, Julius. Let me ask you this. Is there a DJ that you haven't had the opportunity to work with yet that you'd like to? Um, that I haven't had I mean, Casa Holiday. Well, yeah. one DJ that I have not had in all these years was Louis Vega. And mm. I've always wanted to, he's been on our wish list forever. Joe Claus. we had Timmy one year because, um, Lou Lewis is another one that I, you know, it's, but the thing is, is it's, I always believe it's about timing. Yes. Right. Right. And I never force anything. Right. I never, I never force anything mm. because I've learned that when you force it, you're just increasing the probability of some weird thing happening, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, Honey Dijon, I never, we never had her. And the thing is, like, our audiences, you know, there's like the Afro heads, there's the soulful heads, mm-hmm. there's the Jackin heads, mm-hmm. there's the underground deep heads, right? Yeah. So it's like this four, and then there's just random people, like, you know, whatever, whatever. Right. So we try to, like, there's a base of soul because that's just, you know, it's, it, it's just going to be there. Right. right. Um, but then we, we definitely create environments so that everyone kind of gets a mix. Right. So we, over the years, we might get soulful heads. They'll be like, you know, well, you know, music was fine, but you know, I just feel like it should have been X, Y, Z DJ more than this. You could have just had this. And then we get some of the underground heads could have been like, yeah, it was cool, but so many people were singing, you know, I just would like a little, you know. So, but it's all good because that's going to happen any way you look at it. But that's just one thing. But fortunately, you got the venues, the weather, yeah. people to kind of tamp down all of it, everything else, right? Mm-hmm. So we we keep it diverse. We keep it, um, you know, we keep it exciting and, and, and innovative and, and, and always are trying to find venues that will, you know, be inspiring. Mm, awesome. Awesome. I know me Casa holidays, your baby, but you've been seen and you've been DJing like in some very beautiful and exotic and interesting places. Any thoughts around that, Julius? Yeah. I mean, um, first of all, I love, you know, like I said, DJ is my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I love the idea that um, people may not know each other's language, but they can completely get each other through music. Yes. So that's fascinating to me. Yes. Um, I think probably the most mind-blowing, life-changing um, DJ gig that I had was the one that I just had at uh, Burning Man. Yes. So that was for a project, an Afrofuturism project, mm-hmm. where I was um, asked to curate the program and perform so i got back to your other question i got just as much gratification programming all the music because i love being the architect to what's you know based on 
based on what a producer or a project manager what or uh, you know or visionary is trying to what result they're trying to uh, produce I love to have the different tools to be able to make that happen and music curation is one of those things right mm-hmm. so um, it was amazing I was able to bring artists from Chicago all over and then um, you know work with them and then uh, uh, other artists and under the setting of the most amazing concept which is the pure um like dedication attraction um to art yes and in in producing something out of nothing right that's kind of what i got out of burning man i mean the the concept of here you have this project of something that you think would be cool as a either a message or a you know or a uh installation or exhibition and you just go raise money to build it yeah go through everything in your life get all these people together to get it done and get it all done <laughs> and then let go of it let it burn <laughs> let right? it happen to not be not be attached to it yeah it's man. the most amazing concept and somewhere along the way i mean you're going to the middle of the desert where there's nothing and somewhere along the way you start to realize like wait a minute I'm in this camp where they built, you know, they have all these tents and uh, kitchens and cabinets. And you're like, whoa, someone brought all this stuff, built it there. Mm -hmm. All the roads that you're on, they built it. It's mind-blowing. And so to be a part of that was, um, uh, I I really credit my friend uh, Fran. uh, She lives in Austria. And my friend, uh, the, the architect Antoine Lee, who made this incredible, um, uh, ex- exhibition called the Solar Shrine, which is uh, kind of Afrofuturism Egypt, and with a, an entire um, like effort towards bringing the the Afro um, impact and um, elements to the desert that help kind of let everyone know that that is the, whether you knew it or not, it's the foundation of everything that exists. Everything it was just, it was incredible. It sounds beautiful. Sounds beautiful. Saw some images, some videos, some pictures. It looked great. Looked dope. Actually. Like, wow. Like, wow. <laughs> it's, it is wow. And it was like, wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. And the, you know, it's, it, it was probably the most prepared I've ever um, had to prepare for any type of event. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and when I got there, they said at, uh, there's people in our camp who were there for like 18 years and they had these whiteout storms mm-hmm. that were there. And mm-hmm. it, it was not everybody can do. It's like being in the winter with a blizzard, but it was sand. You can't see a foot in front of you yeah. for seven hours. So there were those aspects, but it, it was a huge lesson that lets you know that if you just let it all go, It'll all work out. It'll all work out. What's next for you, Julius? What's what are what are some projects or things that you like to see happen for yourself? Um, what's what's really next right now is on the entertainment. It's um, it's continuing to work to become that resource mm-hmm. and uh, both inspire, push, encourage, and support all the other destination uh, music event producers around the world. And bring them all together so that the audience, of especially on the soulful Afro side, yeah. is connected to one another. And they all feel 
like they have the ability to travel and f- across the world and connect with each other uh, seamlessly and safely. Nice. So that's what's that's what we're working for, hard for on for Mikasa Holiday. Overall, it's um, now it's kind of especially after two years of the pandemic. Um, there has never been a time that I've understood the value, um, the the importance and of human connection, mm. kind of what you were saying. Yeah. And so it became something from something that I do to kind of my mission to make sure, be it corporate, be it um, outside of corporate, to create environments, spaces, conversations, um, so people have the ability and patience to understand how they came to the conclusions that they've come to, mm-hmm. communicate, mm-hmm. and then help them get to places they never imagined being yes that's that's why i'm here on earth it's gorgeous that's gorgeous julius how can people find you the easiest way is probably instagram uh at julius t as in the Uh m mad t thinker at julius j-u-l-i-u-s t-m-t um if you want to travel you got a group from where you want to go to Mexico, Costa Rica, Cuba, wherever you want to go. Yeah. com. You can sign up for the newsletter there. Nice. Beautiful. This was wonderful. Julius, the <laughs> mad thinker. <laughs> Congratulations on all the things that you've done. The body of work. You are a nice guy. One thing Thank about you. you, Julius, you are consistent. You always have a smile. You're very nice. You're pleasant. And the fact that you think so out of the box, let me just say this, is encouraging for all of us, for all of us, so that if we have dreams, they're not far-fetched. We just need to just let it go, right? Let it happen. Yeah. Let yeah. things happen, right? If you see, you can be it. Yeah, man, this is beautiful. Thank you so much, Julius, for your time. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes, ne- ne- next time we'll talk a little bit more about uh, my original productions, and I didn't even get into that, but next time. Next time. That's right. That's right. There's always a next time. Thank you so much, Julius. That's my time. You guys know me, and you know where to find me. I'm Real Chicks Rock. I'm everywhere. But listen, before we do that, we have a toy drive coming up December 8th. Yeah, yeah, that's around the corner. That's around the corner. Get your toys. Black Friday is happening. Get your toys now. Get them online. You don't want to go to the store. You want to deal with the people. You want to deal with traffic. Amazon is your friend. Get your toys online. Come out and support the holiday toy drive December 18th. Doors open at 5 p.m. We will be at Woodward and Park, 519 Memorial Drive, Southeast. Get your tickets now. They are on Eventbrite. All toys will go to the Atlanta Children's Center and on the wheels of steel will be none other than Debbie Graham. It's going to be a good time. We're going to have a good time. You know you want to come through. You know you want to end the year on that type of note. Having a good time and being about community and giving back. So like I said, you guys know who I am and where to reach me. I am Real Chicks Rock. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I got a, a, a website, realchicksrock.com. Sign up, subscribe so you can get the blogs. I'm getting a lot of great feedback on people reading the blogs. Thank you so much. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe. So every time we upload one of these 
interesting conversations that we have. You won't miss it. Yes. Thank you so much. Listen, I want to shout out all, some of our listeners. We're getting, we're trending very well on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. And I want to thank all of our listeners in Russia, believe it or not, Poland, Saudi Arabia, and South Africa. Thank you for leaning in, listening, and allowing us to chart so well and so nicely on uh, Apple uh, podcast. So thank you so much. But before I go, I want to leave you guys with this. May you live to be a hundred and I live to be a hundred minus a day. So I never knew that beautiful people like you have passed away until next time. Be well, take care. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Be sure to like it, leave your comments and share it with a friend. If you have a product or service you'd like to have promoted during the show, please contact us at info at realchicksrock.com and we'll send you the details. We're reaching the masses and we would love for you to join us on the ride. Until next time, take care and continue to rock on.